The grace of God is always rewriting our stories for our good and ultimately for the glory of the Lord. Sitting here with me is a lady who has lived fully aware of his grace and fully pursues life in all areas that God places her with confidence that because he is pleased with her, his grace is covering and leading her. Meet Dr. Dinesh Shapilay, hailing all the way from Durban, but now based in Johannesburg. Let her story open your eyes to the amazing grace of God and leave you in awe and wonder of its trail in our lives. Welcome listeners. Today I have uh, Dr. Dinesh Ripley on this installment of Hope Stories podcast. And the topic for today is wrapped up in grace. Dr. D, welcome. Hi, Faith. You know, I just wanted to first say thank you. Like, it's such a pleasure talking to you. Whether we're recording or we're not recording, we always have a lot to say. <laughs> so, thank you yes. so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for taking out your time. I know you're very busy. So my first question is really just to ease you into the interview. I would like to know from you, what is your favorite um, African country and why would you choose that? I think I have to come close to home, you know, being a South African <laughs> and being here, I have to say home is home and this is where I'm born and I'm raised and I truly mm. love being here. So I, I I have to be biased and choose South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> That's serious bias. <laughs> it's serious. <laughs> but, but to be fair, I've only gone to um, Swaziland before and Okay. I have a whole lot of traveling to do in Africa. <laughs> <laughs> There's such richness, you know, in mm. the country. So I totally am with you there. There's no perfect country anyway. So there's no place on earth that we can go to that's going to be perfect. But you find things that are just beautiful in each country. And as you yeah. travel, you, you'll find that love. Yes, definitely. That's true. Um, I have known you for a couple of years, and from the first day I met you, I saw what dynamite in small packages looks like <laughs> in living color. Can <laughs> uh, tell us who you are? So I'm Dineshri Pele. You know, I uh, come from a family of six, so there's four of us as children and my parents. I grew up in Durban. I moved to Johannesburg in, I think, about 2006. So now I think I'm a Joe Burger and a Gautengeling. But I studied my undergraduate degree in audiology in UKZN. Then I moved to Joburg and I studied my master's at Pretoria and then my PhD at, at WITS. But I think looking at me, you know, work is one aspect, but there's so much more that I can share just about who I am and how I've grown in the Lord as well. And that sort of centers on everything that describes who I am right now. So I'm mm -hmm. definitely a wife, a friend, a mother of oh, many children that I didn't give birth to and, and <laughs> um, a sister to many that are not my blood sisters as well. So I think for me, you, while we go through the conversation, I think you'll find many aspects, but I see myself as just a human being who is 
here to do what God says I must do when he says I must do it. And I try my best to follow that. Mm. I can count myself as one of those sisters uh, from from another <laughs> mother for Definitely. as long as I've known you. you you've you been really close and been like a sister to me far away mm-hmm. from, from where I come from. Um, so you, you spoke about your family, that there's six of you. In your own mm. words, tell us what is the clue that holds you all together? Because I know you're in different cities and you have mm. your own families now. So what keeps you close and united? You know, family means a lot to me. I think uh, it means probably everything compared to gaining titles or wealth or assets my family comes first and uh, if you know me well you know that I'll stand up and I'll fight for human beings and family and relationships more than anything else so at home Mm. um, my dad's the eldest and so is my mom in both their families but Mm. you know context and growing up in obviously in in the South African system my dad uh, couldn't finish school he had to leave school and raise help raise his uh, brothers and sisters and help his mom out. So he could have been anything he wanted. You know, he's a smart man, but he had to do what he had to do. And I think many families out there can Mm. relate to that. And what keeps us together with having three siblings, I'm the eldest and I've got two sisters and a brother and nieces and nephews now. And I think my parents always instilled the fact that you if you have each other, you have everything. So we didn't even know that we didn't have things because they made it uh, seem like we had everything just because we had each other. So yeah. I think the glue that keeps us together is knowing that we're there for each other. And it doesn't mean that it was always rosy. We would still fight and still have our arguments, but we yeah. knew that love conquered all. And oh. that was the special glue that I think kept, that kept us together or keeps us together. Mm. That's that's great. So you said that you are the firstborn, and I know that there's this stereotype of that's out there about firstborns being type A personalities and all. Is that true for you? You know, I I don't really try to categorize <laughs> into personalities, but I won't lie. I I uh, am somebody who generally takes control and likes to make sure that everybody else is okay. So my Control in that way is not necessarily for myself. It's more for everybody else. Check on everyone, mm-hmm. make sure that they find things are going well and yeah. uh, help them can as well. Like if I can make your life better in any way, I would try my best to be there or to do something. My sister always says it's like I'm uh, their mother as well. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm the first one to say, do you need anything? But, you know, I don't ask for anything in return. So that type yeah. of personality, it's, probably aspects of it but we were all treated exactly the same when we were growing up so my parents uh you know they always say that some people have favorites and some parents uh, have that and we never I don't think we had that and my siblings can maybe share their perspective but I don't think that we were ever treated differently everybody always got the same things or um same opportunities even we all come from we we um decided to go on different paths as careers. And if you look at all four of us, we're very different. So Mm. each of us, they allowed us that freedom. And I think it was their own way of saying, go be you and the best that God made you to be. 
Um, mm. I know you'll, you know, we'll talk about it a bit later, but knowing that my parents are both, they come from Hindu backgrounds, their foundation mm. was still, they love prayer and God. And they would always say, you trust God and you go, even though they were calling it in different names. Um, mm. So that spiritual sort of side was always there. Now that you are older, what lessons have you carried with you into your adulthood from your parents? Family, first of all, those lessons, you know, where if you have your family, that's important and that comes first. But I also carry with me the desire for learning and knowing more. It always pushed us to um, study, to gain knowledge, because we'd always say knowledge is something nobody can take away from you. And mm. that simple, I think, direction allowed us to be who we are. So I would take that from them. They also made things work. You know, they would, no matter how little they had, it always seems mm. like they had a lot because they were always giving to everybody else and helping everyone else. Sure. So they've got pure, genuine characteristics in themselves that yeah. we carry that with us as well. Yeah. No, I've I've been a, a recipient of that through you in terms of your generosity. I, I've lost count of how many times you've just rocked up in my place and bearing goods like cookies <laughs> and all of that. <laughs> so I, I think I should actually thank them because they open up a door for me to actually learn from you as well in terms <laughs> of generosity. I think they'd appreciate knowing that as well, because sometimes parents don't always see how they played a role in, in our lives until someone yeah. else says, that looks just like you or that reminds me of you. Yes, yeah, definitely. So if there's someone out there that's listening who feels really discouraged about their family, what would mm. your encouragement be so that they can replace, they can remain in a place of hope and expectation? You know, I think we all, there's no perfect relationship, but God built us for relationships. I truly believe that he's always for us when it comes to restoring, you know, children who have gone wayward or relationships of loved ones. And we go through hard times. And I would just say to those individuals that you, they might not be able to do something physically, but they can pray. Mm -hmm. And some, you know, I think it was a pastor of mine in when I first um, walked with the Lord and she had said to me, you can't be with people all the time. And family members that go wayward or that have broken relationships, we will, no matter how much we love them, we always want to try and reach out or fix it. And then it makes the situation worse sometimes. And she said to me, yeah. know that God is always with them. When you intercede and when you pray, he's there with mm. them and he's going to make things work for your good. So there is no relationship that can't be restored. And mm. especially parent-child relationships, uh, like I feel that on my heart now. And if people who are listening, who are worried about their kids, who are worried about whether they're going to come back home or they're going to survive because they're not well, I would say God loves them more than we do, even though we confess mm. to love them with all our hearts. And yeah. he is a miracle worker. So I believe that they can hand that over to him and he will turn that around for them. Mm, amen to that. God is a God of restoration and there's nothing that's too difficult for him. Amen. Um, amen. 
I am going to move a little bit from speaking about family and just ask a few questions around your career. So you mm. uh, you hold a doctorate and a master's degree in audiology. How did you yes. even choose audiology? What is that even? <laughs> <laughs> so so even the recording now, you know, it forms part of even the profession that I uh, have decided to walk in. So I like to talk and I like to listen. Yeah. So hearing <laughs> is the main sense that we deal with in terms of audiology. So it's the hearing system, assessing it, managing it, so balance, hearing um, your individuals can range from your newborn baby all the way to your geriatric individual who may have a hearing difficulty. And we would walk the process with them. So it's very hands-on. Um, there's a clinical aspect. There's lots of rehab that goes into it. And I decided to go into this field because um, I had a cousin that was born hearing impaired. And also, like I'm saying, in the South African context, sometimes things back in the day weren't as easy to access. And there weren't many people who come from your background or speak your language or come from the same culture. And I thought I can play a role because I saw the difficulty her family had in getting mm -hmm. her tested and getting hearing aids and going through the process. And my dad also has, um, he had sinus issues and he had to, go in for multiple surgeries for his ears and nose and I think seeing all of that it became familiar and you know we always want to make a difference and I felt like that's something that's interesting and I would be good at uh, care a caring profession and I chose this one just because mm. it was something that related to my family. Mm. Wow so are there any outstanding challenges that you face in your field firstly because you're a woman and because mm. you're a woman of color. Surprisingly, it's a female-dominated uh, profession. And I think it stems okay. from the idea of rehab and caring and lots of females apply for it. But it's it's actually a profession that's female and male-orientated because there's, in terms of the gender characteristics, you know, and generalization, anybody can do this career. And there's some, I think, aspects in terms of your you know race group that plays a role I, in in most professions and the history mm -hmm. of how individuals came into the positions or studying i think for me the challenges are always there but i tend not to fight in the flesh because you can butt heads and you can fight as much as you want and you can argue about things i make my stance clear and mm -hmm. my knowledge speaks for itself and i always always put god first because when he goes before and he fights those battles, crooked paths get made straight. If we oh, try wow. and fight a career path because we know for sure that somebody's doing us wrong based on mm -hmm. our gender or race or whatever it might be, sometimes it's religion, sometimes it's culture. If yeah. you trust God, for me, he's always, always worked things out for my good. And I've tended to sway towards even things that are very clearly, clearly uh, against you as a professional mm -hmm. because of a race bias, I tended to give it to God and trust him and things have worked out. And mm. most of the time, better off than I could have even worked them out. So that's always then, even for your listeners, I'm sure, you know, whatever career they're in, studying opportunities for applications and um, job interviews, 
if you mm. give that to God and say, God, if this is not for me, you take it away. But if it's for me, nobody's going to stand in my way. Mm. Regardless of this, he will work it out. Mm. Mm. That's so powerful. So um, you, you already have said something to the listeners about, um, you know, how they handle challenges like that. But let's say it's someone who wants to venture into your area of 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 audiology. What what is it that you tell them? What do they need to study? What kind of personality? It's definitely somebody who loves working with people because you're not sitting behind a desk. You know, you interacting with families and spouses and uh, children, depending on the area of expertise you want to work in. I would say somebody mm. who loves to communicate, um, a caring nature as well, because you are also giving people news sometimes that's not so pleasant. You know, you're telling a, a mom for the first time that her baby might not be hearing, and that's not pleasant, but you need to do that in a very loving and caring way. So leave alone the mm. academics behind it. You know, you need to study pure mathematics and um in South African u- universities, you would need English as your first language or, um, mm. sorry, not your language, as your first or second language with a certain level of final achievement. However, it goes beyond just academics. You can be a really good academic and do really well, but you don't care to touch someone or to give them a hug or, or um, you your nature is not to interact with people, then this is not the profession for you. So I would say, if you love health and you're not too sure, go and observe also, not just audiology, but other health professions. Go observe what an optician does. Go and observe what a physiotherapist does because you'll find your interest in looking at what they do and mm. one one aspect will speak to you. So I would say okay. study art. We do, you know, in at the university that I work at, we look at your final matric marks. You need to do certain subjects. And they generally ask you to do a national benchmark assessment. Grade 11s are the ones that I should be speaking to because they are the ones that will be working hard this year. And when they apply for their final matric leaving career, it would be the grade 11 marks that we use and they need to do those subjects in grade 11 and 12. Okay. Most of the health um, applications close in June. So ours has closed already for the year. So Mm -hmm. you, that's why I'm saying, you know, grade 11 is the best time to make these decisions. Okay. I hope someone out there is already dreaming about going into that path because it really does sound interesting and it's a part that impacts lives many lives Mm -hmm. you spoke Mm -hmm. about helping families uh that Mm -hmm. sounds like a lot of community community work that you do where Mm -hmm. you test you know different members of the family So how can someone tell if their child is a hearing challenge, if maybe they have no access to formal testing resources and all of that? You know, I love that you're knowledgeable because you, even if you don't know, you go and you research and you, you, that's the best, I think, characteristic. And you have that in you as a person as well, because 
we don't know everything and the best way to go and figure out things is to read and to um, search for it. And we have the internet that you can do all of that, which is great. But like you're saying, you know, we do a lot of community work and lots of um, assessments out there and clinics are available, but sometimes people don't have access because of many reasons. And at home, a mother knows their child the best or a parent, should I say, be it a mother or a father, because they with the, the child um, the most. And mm. the best way to identify if something is not on par, if there's other siblings, the first thing is you can try and look at um, the stages as their older brother or sister. Are they the same? Are there differences? With hearing especially, you would notice if a child is able to hear without consciously hearing if you slam a door and they don't turn to look at that that sound you know that something is not on par so your Mm. first signs are you create noises around you you have the music on or the radio on and if the child's not paying attention it's a warning sign that there Mm. is something that could be wrong however Mm. you know formal tests must happen to diagnose a, a hearing loss so screening initially at home you can do that and most of my experience even in my own PhD um, most of the individuals who said that they noticed their little one had a hearing loss it was at home during play they would be playing with other siblings or cousins and they would just not pay attention and they would get frustrated they would um, start biting or hitting just because they couldn't make their requests known and they were sure. delayed in the, the way they were speaking. The sounds weren't mm. coming out as clearly as other cousins or siblings around the same age. So it's all those warning signs initially that mm-hmm. one could look for. Okay. Wow. That's, that's, I hope uh, that will help someone that may have a child like that or may have a, a relative or friend mm. that mm. has a hearing challenge. So you spoke about formal testing that it needs to happen. Are there any testing mm. centers available that are uh, uh, accessible to people that may not have an income? So depending on, uh, I mean, I can speak from a South African uh, point of view, the mm. clinics and hospitals that are public, the, the ter- all tertiary hospitals do have audiology um, departments and they can yeah. test from a newborn all the way to the geriatric so they have equipment that can even test a baby so you can't really ask a baby can you hear or or not hear yeah. but they have assessment procedures that do brainstem testing and they're able to identify sites of lesion and where something um, could be obstructing the process of hearing so in South Africa yeah. the children under the age of six generally get free health care but even mm-hmm. a- adults and geriatrics and people who are on a pension at public hospitals their tertiary hospitals so your highest levels of hospitals have centers if you're in a clinic or close to a clinic and they don't have audiology you can always be yeah. referred and yeah. you know like you're saying free assessments are important especially for the majority of south africans who rely on public health care you yeah. you can pay up to a thousand rand to a thousand two hundred rand for a full audio assessment in a private practice, and um, you to access that you need to have the money to access that privately. But government or or public healthcare 
is available. It might take a little longer if you are further away from a tertiary or a secondary hospital. But mm. if you're close to a university that has a department like the one that I work at, our students mm. need training and we have training clinics at the universities. So yes, you'll be assessed by a student, but under the supervision of a qualified um, audiologist or speech therapist. So you're sort of getting double the care uh, yeah. because you have someone supervising and someone doing. So in that sense, we also offer clinics that are at a much lower rate. And if individuals really can't afford it, the heads of department generally waiver that assessment if there's a motivation for that, because no one should go unassessed. Yes, definitely. I think hearing is, is so important and everybody should be able to access any service that mm. would actually go a long way in helping them to hear. It makes you think of the verse, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word yeah. of God. And it, <laughs> uh, it used to always stick with me being an audiologist. And I'd be like, yes. Lord, how would those who don't hear build their faith then? And mm. God would always say to me that, Yes, it's an audible hearing, but as you read that Holy Spirit within you who speaks to you as well, mm. you know, he he speaks and you must listen because individuals who can't hear from an auditory sense are still able to connect with him because no one is excluded from his love and his uh, relationship yes. with them. Yes, definitely. Wow. That's, that's amazing. I've never really like thought of it that way but wow certain aspects you end up uh interrogating something further than yes yes interrogated. definitely yeah so while we are on that aspect of of religion you grew up hindi but now you're a christian how did that happen so with my family um you know we all get born into families and sometimes I think most of the time as children, we do what our parents say we should do because you're living under their household. You uh, being yeah. taught culture, sometimes even language, lots of aspects, but religion in particular. Um, I think I mentioned earlier that my parents' uh, religion was important and spirituality and praying and trusting God. And mm -hmm. for me, I have an inquiring mind, so I would always ask questions and I would always want to know more. And the home that I grew up in, um, my my parents sort of believed in all religions lead to the same ultimate God. So they never yeah. stopped us from questioning or asking or reading even other texts or other uh, information about other religions. And my mom, as a young child, she would allow the Jehovah's Witnesses to come in and read my book of Bible stories to me. And I, I mean, she was a Hindu lady who used to allow these <laughs> individuals to come in. So yeah. I knew all the stories as a five-year-old about Samson and, and David and Goliath and about Moses. So I knew all of this as a Hindu child just because yeah. they would come in and read to me. But I was still practicing as a Hindu or growing up as a Hindu child. And when I was an adult, you know, by questioning you, you tend to then expect answers. And some of the things didn't have answers for me and I started seeking Christianity in a deeper mm. way and I found that I was I had a peace and I always trust that when I have a peace about something it's God's way mm. of saying 
seek more or walk more or go in this direction. And when I did convert to Christianity, it was at a time where I was saying, okay, I can't do everything and I need to know and God, you show me. And I generally spoke to God and said, God, yeah. show me. And when I started feeling a peace and I started feeling a connection with Jesus and what I read made sense to me, my yeah. relationship just grew. And um, I trusted that he took even bad events or bad situations and turned them for good where I never had that before. And I could hear yeah. a voice. I could hear direction. Sure. I could hear, um, you know, just leading in such a different way mm. after I decided to fully walk with the Lord. And I, sure. I gave my heart to the Lord and it was all, you know, supernatural. I, I do believe that. And uh, a family member said to me, you know, there's, and she was Christian. She was walking me through that journey. And she said, the next step, you need to make a public declaration of, of being Christian and walking that way. And I said to her, but I can't wait for going and joining a church and being baptized. Baptize me in my pool. <laughs> I lived in a complex at the time. Wow. And I lived in a complex. I said, you're a believer. You, you pastor it or you um, pastoral care, you lead at, at the church. Do it. And, and she, she did it. And I said, for me, it was more about, I think I was so excited and I was so um, enthusiastic about walking this walk I wanted to run I like I was like I don't have time to wait to go through a process <laughs> I and when I'm when I read the Bible I remember the people that were crucified with Jesus he didn't give them a checklist of things to do and when yeah. one of those individuals asked for his forgiveness and he it was handed over to him he said you will be with me in my father's mm. kingdom and I was like if, if he could get it and he didn't get baptized. <laughs> so just do it all because I'm ready. <laughs> oh, and you're still running up to today. <laughs> I'm still running. <laughs> but it's so exciting because each leg of this race uh, brings with it um, just more love and joy. And when you trust that anything you do, if you do it with, a, with God's intention, mm. you are covered and he'll open up mm. those doors. Mm. Wow, what a story. So how did that impact um, the rest of your family? When I um, decided to walk this walk, you know, my, I, my three siblings, my sister had gone to church. She was trying to figure her own walk out as well. But my brother, and he was also walking his own journey. It took time, but my mom had made a decision. I think she always loved Jesus. She had a statue even of him, even though she was Hindu <laughs> next to a Hindu lamp. <laughs> like, But once I converted, it sort of was a shifting moment. So everybody started declaring and walking. So my mom wow. had converted. My sisters were walking deeply in their walk with Jesus, my brother as well. My dad, um, you know, being the the one that leads everybody, we thought he would have resistance towards us deciding what we decided because mm -hmm. he grew up in a Hindu home. He all, That's all he knew. And I respect him for the fact that he's walking his own journey. He would come to church if we invite him, but he still uh, does what he does. And mm -hmm. he, the thing that I respect about him is that he never stopped my mom 
And he said to her, I wouldn't ask you to do any of the Hindu things. You've made a decision. I'm fine with you practicing what you're practicing, but let me walk my journey. And that's mm. where we still act. And, um, you know, sometimes you want, and of course we want all our family to be saved. And mm. you want them to be saved yesterday. <laughs> you know, you don't want the process yeah. to take a long time because you want everybody to be in heaven with you. Um, mm. But there's certain things that we as individuals and even as Christians need to step back and say, Lord, you do it. We know you're going to do it. And we keep interceding and we keep praying, but we don't force mm -hmm. things onto people and we walk a journey with them. Because for me personally, I would rather walk a journey with someone by not forcing them than mm -hmm. forcing them and they isolate me or isolate themselves. Mm -hmm. And then I don't even yeah. have a say in their life. Mm. Yeah, I, I think... Also, uh, yeah, that's God's heart because he desires that we come to him, not because we are forced, but mm. because we want to. So I think exactly. that is really what he wants for every, every one of us. And so moving on to really speaking about um, Grace, you are a wife, you are a daughter, sister, educator, and medical professional. What role has the grace of God played in, in your life in all those roles? You know, uh, grace for me is, is when I see the word grace, I see the word Jesus. There's no sort of difference between it for me because uh, mm. he, he is grace and everything about him is grace. And all the parables and the lessons that I've learned from reading the Bible speaks of his just his love and his um, ability to go to the ends of the earth to to draw you close to him. And and I love mm -hmm. what you said earlier as well. He won't force you. He loves you. He'll care for you like that. And grace has overtaken, I think, every decision. Favor is another word that goes with grace for me and Jesus because they all describe who he is. And I apply his word to everything. So when I buy a house or when I want to study something, and sometimes the deal looks great. But if I don't mm. have the peace about it and I see that God's not showing me his grace by putting obstacles in the way of something, I let it go because I know that the outcome, he sees it and I don't. And his grace mm. has just also given me the ability to try new things and to mm. push boundaries. Because when you mm. know that your father has you and you know that He's directed you and his grace covers over even things that could go wrong or things that have gone wrong in the past. You mm. will be more free to take that risk or jump or go for it. And it's allowed me to also touch people's lives that usually I would not have encountered. Um, mm. He's opened up those doors supernaturally to build friendships, to connect with people, to be involved in even the youth at church, being a youth leader, being an older person in my late 30s and, you know, working with kids who are in high school, who have a different mindset, you have to have a God spirit in you that's filled with mm -hmm. grace to even understand what they're going through, or why they're doing what they're do doing or how they even um, do this life in this day yeah. and age, because it's not the same as how we did life and mm. God's grace just overflows in all of those areas. And it helps me be that 
person that he wants me to be, not the person that I want to be. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So if maybe there's someone who's listening and they don't really understand what you mean by grace, what is it that you would say? Grace is something or someone, and I would say that someone is Jesus. Uh, If you were in need and you're trusting in him to meet that need, he's going to meet it in any way because he loves you so much. So grace for me is unmerited, undeserved blessing and favor and and love that comes from Jesus who will do anything for you. And Mm. I know people use the term very loosely sometimes, and it is sometimes seen as I can do whatever I want and the grace of God is there. Or someone says, oh, you need to pay a fine, but you have a grace period. You know, we use the word all the time. He never asks us to do anything that would harm us. So Mm. if whatever you're doing and you think grace is going to cover it, if it's harming you, then you creating that grace. So for me, grace is he loves you no matter what you've done, where you've gone, what has happened to you. He's in the business of restoration and remaking and reinventing and your days to come, he promises would be better than your days that have passed. So his grace Mm. covers your life from the beginning till the end because we Mm. none of us were there when he was crucified. None of us. And yet we trust that all that blessings that were given at that point applies to us as soon as we say we believe in you. Yes. So his grace is is literally everything that he is. And, And I think that people who want to know him seek his face and you'll find out more and more. It's like a, you know, a little child in a treasure box finding more presents to play with or more uh, things mm. in this limited box because his grace is really limitless. Mm. Wow. So you, you've spoken about some events in your life and how like God's grace is, has always been there. Um, are there any like specific events that you'd like to share with the audience to show the evidence of that grace? For me, you know, as a child, like I said, I didn't know when I didn't have things because it all just seemed great because my parents always focused on the good things. But as an adult growing up, Uh, choosing life partners, choosing relationships. It was all me because it was what I thought was right. And there there were definitely events and times in my life where I made decisions and I knew that God was saying when I was reborn that it's time for you to walk in my way. And things that happened in the past and choices that we've made in the past were our own choices and it's okay he he didn't align with that because we didn't give it to him or I didn't give it to Mm -hmm. him and for me the biggest event I think that changed everything was having to choose a life partner and that life partner at the time for me was who I chose and Mm -hmm. I was not a believer and things didn't go according to plan knowing that I had my own plan and God, that's when I was actually walking in the fullness of God is when 
that marriage didn't go the way I wanted it to go and the mm. way marriages should go. And God became the center of everything. And I had to mm. really dig deep and figure out who he was, figure out who I am. And I believe that God's restored those things for me. And mm. I think even for listeners, you know, there could be many events that happen, some by our own doing, some that you had nothing to do with, but you bear the consequences of it. Um, mm. His grace for me in those events in our lives shows us that he understands it. So it's not saying forget. And he's not saying mm. I punish you for what has happened. He's saying I love you enough to not let you continue to walk in something that's not directed at you from my throne and I will mm. turn things around for your good. And it's taken mm. me time to grow in the Lord more than anything else. And I would say to your listeners as well, find out who you are. Mm. What do you love to do? Find out what um, God has put in you before you try and fill your life with somebody else meeting those needs. You know, mm. somebody else dictating who you are or trying to tell you what you should do. You figure out who you are. And mm. anything else is a bonus. Yes. Sure. To all the single ladies out there, I hope you got that. <laughs> <laughs> I sure and, and did. Singleness, you know, it, it's definitely you You single on this earth, but God is always with you. And you're never, mm. ever alone. You might be um, in a physical space. No one's with you. So you, it seems like you're alone. But lonely is another story because loneliness comes from not having any connection. And you have a God connection. And mm. it can be truly exciting and you can love life if mm. you have the opportunity to know that wherever you go and whatever you do, he's with you. Do all of those things because when your person comes, you mm. now going to be doing life with another human being. And mm. things do change. So enjoy the time you have by yourself. Enjoy yeah. sitting outside and enjoy going to the movies by yourself. Obviously, um, <laughs> you have to be comfortable in your own space because yes. you you're never going to have that space again as soon as you get married you now have <laughs> another person to do life with it's a different journey it's going to be more exciting but enjoy the mm. seasons we in yeah so i know you you're speaking about what you you've lived i mean i've seen you just enjoying who you are you do so many things you're comfortable going to the movies by yourself traveling mm. by yourself you know, doing so many things. And I know you've traveled to Israel. Uh, what mm. was that like for you? That was a God-inspired, uh, you know, vacation, should I say. It was never my intention because he created an opportunity for one of the my friends at church to say, they're going on a tour, don't I want to come with them? And it sparked something in me to go mm. because I was still a new believer. I was still figuring out what the Bible even said about the promised land and the details of Jesus's walk in the promised mm. land. So when that opportunity came, I had a piece about it. Financially, he provided, <laughs> sorry, provided for me. And mm-hmm. I went on that, you know, I it was one of the most blessed experiences that I've ever had. The Bible literally mm. came to life. So like any space in time, 
a physical space always changes because history changes. So what something would look like when we're reading about it in the Bible might not always look like that when you get there. So some things Mm. um, needed a a mindset change for me because obviously we still, when you read a story, you would go there and you would say, but where's, you know, the cart and the horses and those things when you're reading (laughs) about it. But what I love about Israel was the natural things don't change. A mountain is still a mountain. The Sea of Galilee is still a sea. And Mm. those stories were not just somebody writing a story. When, you know, going on the Sea of Galilee for me was, this is exactly where Jesus was. There's no doubt in it. You know, walking Mm. into a synagogue or going into a, a space where you know there is no doubt that mm-hmm. Jesus walked here. And it just made things more real. But I must say, more than just seeing, um, my sense of feeling felt like mm. there's a belonging in a different way. So it was such a peace. There was war going on at the time um, mm-hmm. in a very, you know, in a, in a horrible way. But wherever we were, there was such a peace in the space. Um, a stillness, should I say, when I was there. And I would say, if you get the opportunity to go, go. Because you, God is creating that for a reason and maybe you need to go. And I needed to go at that time to have clarity on things, to um, I have an inquiring mind. So I also like proof of things. So he knows who I am. He knows what I needed. And he wanted mm. to show me things. But not everybody has the finances sometimes to even travel. And those individuals, I don't want them to feel like they're missing out on something because the temple of God, you are that temple. He resides yeah. in you, not in a place, yeah. you know, in another aspect of being there, going towards the, you know, the wailing wall for me and to see people going there to pray because they think that God hears them only there. It gave me such a, sense of joy that when I come back to South Africa and I pray, I know he hears me. I don't, Mm. because I don't have to be there because there's many family members and friends that can't get there. So am Mm. I to say to them, God's not going to hear you because you are not in the the promised land. So there's a two, you know, a catch to it. I would say go if you can go because it is very beautiful and you would learn a lot, but Mm. you are the temple. He, the Holy Spirit lives in you. All those things that you would learn in Israel can still be taught to you. And I believe that supernaturally God can do that. Mm. Wow. That's amazing. Um, I also know that you, you do a lot of ballroom dancing. (laughs) How did you get into that? You know, my advice before was was find you and do what you enjoy doing. Sometimes, yeah. and I'll speak from a woman's perspective, we're always um, focusing on everybody else and trying to make things work and be a mom and be a, uh, a sister and a daughter and you're looking out for people and you sometimes lose yourself in that or there's a possibility that you could. So you grow and you move forward, but certain desires and and passions and joys that you wanted to do fulfill when you were younger, you didn't get the opportunity to do it. And like I was saying before, you know, being married, uh, 
and things not going the way I had planned and that marriage not continuing at that point, mm. I, I stopped at a space and I was like, who am I though? And mm. I, God started to say, highlight the things that you love to do and didn't get to do and do those things and find you because if you don't find you, you are existing, but you haven't um, accepted your gifts and talents that I've given you. So I always wanted mm. to dance and I always wanted to um, be creative in a different way. And being mm. academic and reading textbooks all the time, I thought, let me do something <laughs> that I can can enjoy and be out there as well as, I mean, you get exercise in it. Balance was always important to me, having a balanced life. So that's yeah. how I started the Latin in the boardroom. And I loved it. You know, I started initially just going for classes. And then I, um, someone had come in and he was looking for a partner to dance competitive dancing with. And, and we did that for, for about two years. And then wow. I, did, I was like, yeah, you know, there's certain aspects you don't, I don't need to focus all my attention on one thing because achieving one thing uh, doesn't make me an all-rounded person. So I can still do that. I taught my my husband to <laughs> to, to dance so for our, our wedding dance at the beginning of this year. He did a whole wow. routine and impressed me. <laughs> so I, you know, God will send you people who love what you love. And I realized that when you find who you are, the person that he asks mm-hmm. to walk alongside you compliments that. Mm, that's that's so beautiful. Um, I, I would love to see uh, the 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 dance that you did with your husband. <laughs> the video. I'll definitely. I'll tell him we'll uh, we'll give you a, a private uh, session because if I fall now when he carries me, it's because of no practice. <laughs> Oh wow! I didn't even know you were doing it competitively, hey? Mm-hmm. For two years. <laughs> oh wow! And we um, competed, and we went on because you do a, a your amateur competitions, and then you on your bronze level. So we would do that. It was so it was it was a different aspect for me because it didn't rely on your head knowledge, but you needed to mm-hmm. be physically fit and learn routines, and you were also yeah. dependent on person and maybe it was God's way of allowing me to also um, trust again and trust yeah. in, a, in a situation in a different way but it's baby steps so that's why I said everything he does he's preparing you sometimes even the hard things in life you don't yes. see the, the the reason for it at the point that you're going through that hard thing and God is never there to uh, send us punishment and and hurt us but when those things happen, mm. he uses them in in his gentle way to to mold us and shape us for good. Mm. Wow, that's so awesome! Uh, on a closing note, if you had to say an encouraging word to a twenty-something-year-old lady with mm. what you know about life now, what wisdom would you share with them? I would say, you know, start if you haven't started. Start writing a journal or writing down your thoughts and your feelings. I went back to something that I had written a few years ago and tears rolled down my eyes to see how God was so faithful in bringing to pass every single thing I had written, desires that I had and dreams. So I would say you in your 20s, you in you, such a good space 
in an age category that you could do anything. Yeah. You could, if you have a desire to travel, travel. If you would like to do a profession that doesn't seem like it is the profession to earn money, you know, God's given you that talent to do that profession and the money would come. It's secondary to your talent. So I would say, yeah. write down your dreams, write down your, your visions, seek his face in everything. Seek his yeah. uh, permission and uh, blessing over what you would love to do because the world is really your oyster. If I think about even access to information and the internet and cell phones, those things are so real to put you in a different space at this point, mm. even if you're in a different location. So use all of that to your benefit because God will show you things you've never seen. Mm. Trust in him and don't be pressurized, you know, to do things by your peers, by anybody who is not there to work for your good because God always has the best in store for you. And if you don't mm. have peace about it, don't do it. Give it mm. some time. Pray about every decision. Nobody should force you to do anything. And I pray for those who also feel like, um, you know, they wanted to do certain things in their life and then they feel like it's too late because they finished school already. It's never too late. I've had mm. students at the university who are older than me. There was one mom that had her child at university studying a different degree while she was completing her degree. And you have wow. such respect for individuals like that because she is following her dream because she only had the opportunity to follow it now. And if she could do yeah. it, any of us could do it. Wow. That's such a great way of, of ending our, uh, our podcast. And thank you so much for that wisdom. It's, it really is never too late. And there's nothing difficult uh, for God. If you really want, you can pursue whatever God has placed in you. And he will bring mm. it to pass. Um, finally, if someone wants to reach out to you, where can they connect with you in terms of maybe social media? Yeah, I, I have a Facebook page. You know, I don't always check it because I'm not always on social media, but they're more than welcome to email me because that's easier. My email address is D-H-A-N-A-S-H-R-E-E dot P-I-L-L-A-Y at gmail.com. And, you know, sometimes we might feel like we don't want to reach out to somebody because they don't know who we are. But if God stirs within you, even for us just to pray or pray for mm -hmm. you or pray with you, uh, you know, I, I've, I've seen God move in your life, Faith, and how he's given you a dream. And I'm so excited and blessed to be a part of this dream right now because it's only the beginning even for you so I believe for your mm. listeners as well like I pray a supernatural blessing over every single one of them because God has placed us here for such a time as this yes. as women we hold such power to change the world and I believe that when we start harnessing the Holy Spirit within us to direct us your okay. listeners are listening to this message at whatever time, wherever, for a special reason. And I believe that you are such a blessing to them and to me because you truly showing that God gave you maybe a dream a long time ago of something and <laughs> you've worked at it. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a realization now. And it's evident that you are touching lives and every life you touch here is being touched, you know, 
they touching other people. And I would say, go for it, live life, enjoy what God has placed in front of you. The, there is no limit to his blessing. And blessings, I think, from God will never run out. So I will always pray. And I have been praying, you know, for you and, and your listeners. But if anybody wants to contact me, they can always even contact you. You're welcome to share my information with them. Um, and I will pray. Thank you so much, Dee. And thank you for those kind words. I really receive every single bit of those. Thank you so much. And thank you for really pouring out your life, pouring out your wisdom in this podcast. May God bless you as well as you continue to be that dynamite in every single area of your life and really showing the grace of God in, in how you, you, you relate with others and how you do life. I really learn a lot from you in terms of God's grace. So thank you so much. Thank you, Faith. I, I appreciate it. Wow. The amazing grace of our Father, fully evident in every area of Dinesh's life, from her family to her workplace to her travels and to any other things that she's pursued. I hope you've been inspired and are grateful even for the grace of God that is over your life. Share this episode with your friends and family and thank you once again for joining us each and every week. I hope you will send through your comments. We would really love to hear from you. Share and subscribe. Till next time. Bye.